Hello and welcome to Go For It On Fourth. I'm your host, Chris Scott, joined today by Stuart Tomlin. Good evening, good evening. And Cal Balfour. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the show, guys. Stuart's back. Yay! Enjoy me while I last. <laughs> uh, we'll only have a short show for you this week due to time constraints, uh, but some quick newsworthy items. Uh, there was a couple of records broke this week. Tom Brady uh, passed the mark for uh, total yards in the career. We'll talk about that later when we discuss the Bucks and the Patriots game. Aaron Rodgers passed Dan Marino's touchdown mark with his 420th, uh, to which Nate Burleson referred to him as smoking the Steelers' defense. I heard that on the cast. Nice. I was like, ooh. Very well nice, nice, nice slipping that in there, Nate. Um, uh, also, in that same game, Ben Roethlisberger passed Amarino's yardage record. Um, so, yeah, fun game, fun game for me. Uh, also, this week, the uh, New England Patriots traded Stefan Gilmore just today, actually, as we're recording, to the Carolina Panthers for a sixth round pick in 2023. Uh, the Miami Dolphins have traded Jakeem Grant to the Chicago Bears for a sixth-round pick. In the Dallas Cowboys have released Jalen Smith, the linebacker. Yes, that is correct. And the funniest bit uh, for me, not that uh, they've released Jalen Smith, but uh, the amount that he paid, because he changed his jersey number from 54 <gasps> to 9, he paid yeah. mid, mid six figures. And he only oh, got to wear it for four games. That's kind of hilarious when you think about it. You think that's bad. Lynn Bowden Jr. of the Dolphins. He switched his number from 15 to 6 this offseason. After getting a tattoo of that number. <laughs> number 15. Yeah. If you've not, Google the tattoo if you've not seen it. It's the worst looking tattoo. He did it himself. Ugh. Uh, it's all right. They have acids that can burn that off. He likes it, I think. I, I just he showed it off on Instagram. It's it looks like a slug over the number fifteen, <laughs> okay, which yeah, is no okay, longer on, his number. I've got to look this up. Uh, what was his? What's this guy's name again? Lynn Bowden. L y double n b o w d e n j r. Lynn Bowden. Uh, Lynn Lynn Bowden. Tattoo. Junior tattooing. Yeah. yeah, it will come up. It is bloody uh, yeah, terrible. I see it. And... <laughs> <laughs> I think what no. makes it worse, I've just clicked on this. So you know how it's got the, the dolphin, uh, what's supposed to be a dolphin at the top. Uh, yeah. Someone's put that, at, someone's replaced on the helmet. that on the, on the helmet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nobody made him change his number after getting a tattoo of his old number. And I mean weeks after getting the tattoo as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that is a... No, I'll tell you what that is. That's Nemo. It's dreadful. Anyway, it's probably about time we got on with the rest of the show. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm fired yeah. up after this. Uh, I was not expecting this, but now, now I'm happy. Okay, well, we'll start things off with the big Sunday night football game. We'll be right back. 
Well, we'll start this week with a big game from Foxborough, where Tom Brady returned to face the New England Patriots as the Buccaneers won 19-17, to meaning Tom Brady joins Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Brett Favre as the only four quarterbacks in NFL history to beat all 32 NFL teams. Tom Brady also passed Drew Brees for the most career passing yards in big day for number 12. Guys, what were your thoughts on the big return? It wasn't a terrible game. It wasn't the greatest game ever. Definitely wasn't the greatest game of the weekend. Uh, it was entertaining enough. Good finish. The big talking point going into this game and indeed coming out of it was the post-divorce Brady and Belichick. Who's doing better? Which one can we give all the credit to the Super Bowls for? I think it's become pretty clear. Tom Brady without Bill Belichick is 18-6, and six, whereas in his career without Tom Brady, Bill Belichick is 64-77. and 77. That's a winning percentage of, four, uh, of 0.454 for Belichick, below average, whereas Brady is winning 75% of his games and has a Super Bowl. The, the, we do say he has a Super Bowl, but doesn't Bill Belichick have two as a member of? Uh, uh, who? Well, we don't. We're not. We don't count as coordinators. We're talking no, quarterback. I, I, I know, but I'm just throwing that out there. Belichick actually does have more rings than Brady, and I quite enjoy that stat. Give it till February, and you might not be able to say that anymore. I, I, remind True, you, I remind you what team uh, that he got those two, those other two rings with. So I, I'm I'm neutral on this one, boys. Sorry. Yeah. Would, yeah. would you like Would you like to state that? <laughs> no, no. I, I think it's it's pretty clear. Like, put it this way: which one of the two would you be? Uh, would you expect to win another ring before they retire? Brady. Yeah, it's Brady. The Pat, it's Brady. The Pats aren't going to win a ring for a while, and that brings me no. utmost joy to say that. No, they and uh, people can say, well, they're not as good a team as they were. But yeah, but Bill Belichick's the one that's built the team. This is his. This team is the one he put together through years of not being great at drafting. We've also, as uh, Kyle was saying off the, the uh, off the recording, you have a ton of coordinators that have left New England and haven't had any success, and people attribute that to them being away from Belichick. Actually, maybe it's just that these coaches aren't successful away from Tom Brady because Bill Belichick isn't successful away from Tom Brady. That record, I'm, I believe, I'm right in saying. He hasn't had a playoff appearance without Tom Brady. That is correct. Yeah, the year that Brady was injured, the Pats went eleven and five, but they missed the playoffs. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll Dol Dolphins won the, the division. I'll even put the question that I had, uh, or the scorching hot take uh, that I had. It's now since cooled off a little bit, uh, but I will put that question to Tomlin as well as the viewers. That, like, name someone. 
descent off uh, Bill Belichick's coaching tree. Uh, Flores and Judge are to be determined. So yeah, they're not easy outs. No. Well, yeah, just don't run away that, aren't you? Exactly. Exactly. The, the most successful guy to come from the Bill Belichick coaching tree is Bill O'Brien. And even that, uh, that is probably, I mean, this, this is all speculative rumors, but uh, I just love it so much. Apparently, Bill Belichick wanted, no, uh, Bill O'Brien wanted to get fired from the Texans so he can succeed uh, Belichick when he retires at New England. Like, he, what is this? Et tu, Brutus? Absolutely no chance of that happening. What no, happened I, I, to me? When the when Belichick returns, is it'll go to Josh McDaniels initially. He won't succeed, and then they'll bring someone unrelated in. It was also a good come, uh, good bounce back win for the Patriots after the loss to the Rams the week before. Back on track, I'd say so. Like this game, the stats won't tell you the story. Um, like the Pats, the Pats were capable of this, but. Tampa Bay as well, their defense was, well, their defense. And all I saw basically on all, all I saw throughout that game when Bucks were on the field was Brady to Brown. That was mm-hmm. it, all game. Like the definitely no run game. Uh, Fournette got absolutely stuffed. Yeah. yeah it's I, I... it one of these games where, you know, like Bill Belichick's like, right, I know what he's going to do. So I'm going to scheme up this. And Brady's just like, right, I know what he likes, so I'm going to draft this up. So it was the, kind of mind games. Yeah, and in a completely unrelated move, the Patriots have traded away cornerback Steve, uh, Stephon Gilmore to the Panthers for a sixth-round pick. That is a bizarre move. Not, e- not even this up. Not really. He got, he got burned 20, by Brian. A 2023 sixth, and they, Sorry, were, going, right, and yes. they were going to release him. Yeah. Might as well get. I get that for for the Panthers. If you want them, get ahead of the curve and make sure because he, he would have to go through waivers. So you, the way they're playing, they're going to be quite late on in the waivers. Make sure you get them. That's true. It doesn't really cost anything. And they just got yeah. Henderson off uh, another dysfunctional team that we're going to chat oh, about we're later. Talk about the Jaguars. Them, <laughs> and literally, they were like, "Oh, we've lost J.C. Horn. Right. Let's go and get. Let's go and get. Arguably, well." Formerly the best cornerback ever in Stephon Gilmore, and let's uh, go I wouldn't go that far. Well, I have a never couple years ago he he was he was, he was good. I would call him the best ever. The Patriots have dropped to one and three uh, in a very competitive AFC. Do you see them being able to turn this season around? Probably not. I mean, it, uh, it was always going to be a sort of bumpy, bumpy road with a rookie. I will say, I think Mike Jones has played quite well so far this season. And I think that does give them a bit of hope for the future. I, he's played okay. I think he's helped by uh, the other quarterbacks in this class not who have who are playing, not looking very good at all. Um, That's true. That's true. I, he's not He's not exactly. He's not doing Justin Herbert things. He's not as good as to our Burrow were last year, and yet he gets a lot more praise than Tua does. But I'm, I'm not bitter about that sort of thing. <laughs> I think um, because he was going into a system that was designed to basically shield 
a lot of the criticisms of Cam Newton, and he can yeah. just get slot right in, uh, slot right yeah. in. So he's got the safety blankets of like Jonas Smith and Hunter Henry and Nelson yeah. Aguilar if he wants to go for it. And they're not passing. They're not. They're not really testing him too much. It is quite a lot of short passes, dink and dunk, volume, dink and dunk volume stuff. Um, which that's is the Patriots' like, way. Uh, like mm-hmm. when Brady was doing it, it made the Patriots yeah. for a long time unwatchable. <laughs> they were. I hated every time the Giants would face the Patriots because it was dink and dunk oh. all day. Well, and I hated you it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Sorry, Stuart. I just want to correct something here. You did not hate it every time. Regular season. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> of, of all the teams, you got a trophy every time you played. Regular season. Yeah. Of, of all the all the teams to complain about playing the Patriots, the Giants is probably bottom of that list. Come on now. Regular season. I my, I don't even know what the playoffs are anymore. Two, uh, two Lombardis out of playing the Pats. You're back in the line with complaining about them. I, I was going to say, though, I do get the point about uh, playing playing Brady's Pats. It was death by a thousand first downs, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There was very few. Um, I don't think there was anyone better just moving the chains. You know, yeah, yeah, and they still have that to an extent. They're just not, not as good, and uh, I don't see, I don't see unless they somehow talk the league into switching them into the AFC South, how they're going to make the playoffs. <laughs> how do you feel about the about the Buck? We talked about Patriots. How do you feel about the Bucks after this one? About the same, like I, I. Could see them not repeating as NFC champions, but I hate ruling out Tom Brady. So I like a couple of our teams in the NFC more for the Super Bowl this year. Rams and Cardinals are looking very good in particular. Yeah, mm. that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, to me, it's the box out of the box. Like they'll cruise into the playoffs, but then for then, yeah, you're right. I think they'll face some stiffer competition because now everyone knows what they are. Mm-hmm. I think you can also, I think you also have to put into, I think you also have to factor in that Tom Brady and and Brady-led teams are going to be a playoff team more than a regular season team. Right, they, they know they're going to make the play. It's like with LeBron James in the NBA uh, you can say he's struggling in the in the regular season, but once they get into the playoffs, playoff mode kicks in. Yeah, absolutely. They, they knock it up a gear, um, and then he blows the final. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's not okay. So it's not an exact um, comparison because Brady doesn't usually blow the final, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've talked uh, we've talked enough about good teams. This podcast doesn't focus on them. Let's talk about a bad team. Yay! Uh, except not one of our own. For listeners, oh wow! There's something worse. <laughs> It 
it's been a less than stellar start for the Jacksonville Jaguars this season. On Thursday Night Football last week, they fell to their 19th straight loss, losing in Cincinnati to the Bengals. After the game, Urban Meyer sent his team home whilst he stayed in Ohio and went to the Urban Meyer Pint House, a local bar named after him. There he was caught on video getting very handsy with a young woman near the bar. Uh, the Athletic very helpfully pointed out it was not his wife of 35 years, something you would only be able to tell from the fact that she isn't 35. His wife of 35 years was at home looking after their grandchildren. The uh, aftermath of this has been quite uh, harsh with the Jags owner, Shad Khan, saying that he has lost respect for Urban Meyer, but does still believe he can deliver the Jags a good season. His players might not feel the same way. Michael Silver reporting that a couple of players have come to him and told him that Meyer has zero credibility in the stadium and had very little to begin with. They also said that um, he cancelled Monday's meeting and this had to deal with the uproar of the video. The players have interpreted as him being scared to face them. He's apologised to position groups individually and portrayed the women in videos as a random person who was just there dancing. Suffice it to say, his audience was highly sceptical. One player said, we looked at him like WTF. Right when he left, everybody started dying laughing and he knew it. Uh, I, I present to you, uh, purely removed from context, but uh, criteria to examine for struggling teams, according to Urban Meyer. Number one, trust issues. Number two, dysfunctional environment. And number three, selfishness. You, well, you cannot you, make this up. Uh, you got the trifecta right there. Uh, that is. Did you ever that, think that when he put that on Fox Sports uh, college football uh, coverage, you ever think that it might actually describe himself? It would per perfectly describe his NFL career. Beautiful. Um, That's just poetry right there. You, you've got to. You've got to admit he's hit the nail on the head with his analysis, and everything he said is true. That is why the Jags are struggling because he has no trust. <laughs> he is a selfish man. And what was the other one? Uh, dysfunctional issues. Dysfunctional, yeah. All those dysfunctional environment. Uh, dysfunctional environment. And environment, yes, it yeah. is because the the team's in a hole and he's doing nothing. Uh, no, he's actually yeah. doing things to make it worse. I uh, I'd say it's it's beginning to feel Bobby Petrino. I was going to say uh, I was going to say the Bobby. Uh, all he needs to do is basically snake them and take that. Uh, that college gig that you'd said he was rumored to take at USC. Oh, the USC. Yeah, I, I think the, the big All he needs is, is to go uh, to, to the other coast and he's done it. He's out bobbied Bobby Petrino. They, they, put, they have a home game against the Titans this week. Next week, they're in London to play the Dolphins. Then they so get two, the bye so, week. So two home games. Sort of, technically, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I do. But the, the, the bye week, week seven... By the time they play Seattle in on October th on Halloween, do you think Urban Meyer is still going to be the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars? No, it feels no. like very old seven, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I, I, the only way I can see it is if they, I think he's not getting fired after the Titans game when they've got to go to London. But if they lose to the Dolphins in London, they've got the bye week. I can't see him surviving that. But again, uh, this is still not the full iceberg. There's still more where that came from. Um, the when they hired Chris Doyle for their team's director of sports performance. Yeah, yeah, uh, signing Tim Tebow as a tight end. That that one's I wouldn't call that a scandal, but the the Doyle was he's the one who. Is he not being fired somewhere else for racism or something? He was accused of yeah. racism when he was at Iowa, and that then was he it. Was, and then he resigned, and already drafting a running back when they had James Robinson. One of the coaches he hired uh, was the reason that Trevor Lawrence chose Georgia instead. No, uh, he sorry, chose Clemson. Uh, Clemson instead of Georgia. This coach was at Georgia. Yeah. Um, and- I, I just um, Doyle obviously was hired. Then there was a lot of uproar about him getting hired in the end. I don't think he even made it to training camp. But I've not. I can't think of another coach who I've been so sure is not going to last his first season. Not, not even going to get to the full six. Not even going to get to sixteen games in a seventeen game schedule. I don't see it. No. And the final one that I have here, just to add more onto his criticisms, was uh, just the reminder that they had that open competition for starting quarterback between Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. Despite to be fair, I, I, that's that's something you say. Yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was Brian, it was Brian Schottenheimer. I was thinking of who was the Seattle quarterback coach. I was dreadful. Okay. Yeah. But, Minshew, but like that still doesn't take away from it that Minshew was given valuable reps and then he was traded. Oh, yeah, yeah. So well, why, why yeah. would you create an open competition and trade him to Philly? Well, to be fair, to be fair, I'm like of all the problems with Urban Meyer, not wanting to throw his rookie quarterback in if he wasn't ready. Like if Gardner Minshew had outplayed Trevor Lawrence in training camp. He would be the starting quarterback for the Jags, because and and that's not a that's not to say that Trevor. Well, that's not to say anything. That's not to say anything negative about Trevor Lawrence. That's because a rookie coming in, you're gonna he's gonna have to get caught up. It might not. It's not the worst idea in the world to not throw your rookie quarterback in to a bad team when they're not ready. So I, I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with you quite clearly cheating on your I He says it's just a random girl who was dancing near him, but they, they were yes, very aren't, close. aren't they all? Yeah, he, he, they looked very um, intimate in the video. Oh, it, no, it's um, just, uh, if it's not them, it's uh, an intern at your high school on your motorcycle. Yeah, Bobby Petrino. Yeah, um, well done, Bobby. Wasn't there also something with... Um, Pete Carroll left USC right before a scandal like that broke. Oh, I think you're right, actually. Yeah. But College coaches. I know, uh, man. They're the worst. Uh, <laughs> I think, and meanwhile, uh, Lincoln Riley is looking at all this. He's like, oh, I'll stay. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> I was, okay, to be fair, we're bashing college coaches. 
we were saying off uh, recording that the Cardinals were really impressed with the Cardinals this year. Cliff Kingsbury obviously came from the college ranks. Um, I just mentioned Pete Carroll, who's won a Super Bowl and been to another with Seattle. Um, the Panthers with it's Matt Rule. Uh, yeah, Matt Rule with um, the Panthers is doing a fantastic job. Sorry, who were you saying there, Stuart? I said success well for Pete Carroll getting yeah. to the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. So there are there are college coaches that have found success in the NFL. Um, although Pete Carroll's the only one who was also successful in college football. Can I, can I ask I, you I, guys? I, recent, in, I should say in recent years, because obviously there's a good history of guys, but since in the 21st century, it's mainly not worked out. Yeah. Can I ask you guys about what you've made of Trevor Lawrence in the NFL so far? Not great. Uh, no, I think he's been. He's a rookie he's quarterback on a bad. He's yeah. a rookie quarterback on a bad team. Yeah, I'm not. I same thing. I I'll say about any rookie quarterback is that you shouldn't be judging them after only four games. They're going to struggle. Um, that's just how it is. You can't. You can't really bash them. They shouldn't be expecting them to do what Justin Herbert did in the first year. And he's not, he's on a team where he isn't getting any help. No, you like know, literally his, his best, his best option is James Robinson. Yeah. And yeah. that's, well, his that's, best that's out of his control. That's out of his control. Yeah. DJ Chart just went down as well. Yeah. And I mean, we could bring up things for a pass. Drew Brees took two years. Like the Chargers had drafted his replacement before he got good. Peyton Manning still holds the record for most interceptions by a rookie quarterback. You know, uh, then you got guys like um, Patrick Mahomes. Didn't even Aaron Rodgers didn't play their rookie years at all. I uh, maybe maybe Mahomes had one game at the end of the season when they were already in the playoffs, but they didn't play. Um, yeah, the problem that I have with the Jags is, and the thing I worry about with Trevor Lawrence is the Jags are not a well-run franchise. Like, you need the environment for them to come in and succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, some yeah. will do it in spite of a, a bad environment. You know, uh, some will get the environment too late. Some it will be a great environment and they'll flourish, you know. Yeah. But quite yeah. often it's the case of the environment, you know. Yeah, I think it's a worry we had for Joe Burrow um, with Cincinnati. All that seem he seems to be getting some help at least now. We'll have to wait and see with Trevor Lawrence. Um, I don't think it's it'll help if he has to get a whole new coaching staff. I mean, that's probably what's yeah. going to happen. I can't see Urban Meyer being the head coach of the Jags next season. I can't. Like we just said I can't. I can't see him being head coach of the Jags after week eight. So, like for example, yeah. Mahomes, Mahomes, I feel would have succeeded in most places, if not anyway. No, no, I'm going to disagree. I, we're going off topic, but I'm going to disagree with you there because the reason Patrick Mahomes is as successful as he is, and this isn't bashing Patrick Mahomes, he's my favorite player in the league, but he went to a situation where. He had he had Alex Smith ahead of him, so there was no rush for him to start. He had Andy Reid as his head coach. He had a playoff team around him already. 
Yeah. Um, and and he had he had everything that he needed to be successful. He had a lot coming out, out of the draft when the Chiefs picked him. There were guys who gave that pick an F in their review of the draft. Nobody thought Patrick Mahomes should go ahead of Trubisky or Watson. Which is hilarious in hindsight. In hindsight, but it's he had a lot of raw talent, but you needed to have the right environment to get that to the next level, and he did. If he had gone to, say, the Bears, when they if they'd picked him instead of Trubisky, there's no way he would have been. He may have ended up, I mean, he's got a lot of natural gifts, but he may have been worse off than Trubisky was just because he wasn't as developed coming out of college and there wasn't the uh, the the coaching staff or the situation in place in Chicago to get him to the point where he is now. If you're wanting a guy who would have succeeded anywhere, um, Peyton Manning, probably. Peyton Manning's just naturally, yeah. just a naturally very intelligent quarterback, very good quarterback. He struggled his rookie year, but immediately turned it around. Peyton Manning was always going to be successful. I don't think Patrick Mahomes necessarily was because he wasn't he wasn't polished coming out of college and he needed the the situation to be in position for him. And we'll, the, we'll see if Trevor Lawrence is a guy like Peyton Manning who can turn it around himself or if he's going to end up more like, uh, if he's going to end up more like a Jameis Winston or a, uh, I'm trying to think of another good example, uh, maybe even a Deshaun Watson where he just, he can. There's only so far he can take a team. He, the rest of the situation holds him back. Yeah, yeah. That uh, I mean, well, Deshaun Watson hasn't helped himself, obviously. No, no. We're, we'll not talk about Deshaun Watson, but it's just trying trying to find a, a good example because Watson. They say Jameis Winston. People are going to talk about interceptions, but that there's. I'm trying to think of a good example of a guy who's highly touted, but just but Andrew Luck might be a good example, actually. Yeah. I'm, um, I was going to say Andrew guy, Luck. Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Colts. The Colts. If the Colts had put an offensive line in front of him, he'd be great. But he's not. He's not like a Peyton Manning where he can overcome the odds. Yeah, well, he he did win eleven games on a really bad Colts team in twenty twelve. Yeah. So he had an yeah, element not, of that. Yeah, but he can't take it. To, he can't. It, yeah, he never managed to get to his full potential because the situation he was in didn't allow him to. Whereas Peyton yeah. Manning, it, he could get to his full potential because he was that he he, he was already very good coming out of college. Um, I wanted to that was the same team, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It's the same team, and one became a Hall of Famer, and the others retired after eight years. So yeah. I, that's that's kind of what I'm saying. It's, Will Trevor Lawrence be Peyton Manning or will it be Andrew Luck? Time will tell. It's also completely off uh, tangent and feel free to keep it in if you want. Uh, but I'm just saying that uh, Bears have been worse since Trubisky left. <laughs> it's, been, it's been four games since Trubisky left. <laughs> I know. I, I, just wanted a, I just wanted a chance to just rain on Matt Nagy because, it's my fun. God, man, what are you doing? Uh, I think that's another part of the equation here with Urban Meyer is you've got all these scandals and at the same time the team's terrible. I, their best game was on Thursday where I, from what I've seen where they did lead for a while but they couldn't hold on to it and they were leading at halftime ended up losing the game 
and, and, they, and, not they, even, and they didn't have their their best receiver. No, uh, they're not going to. I mean, it's not as if he's he's not as if he's showing signs that this team's going to get better, and you can maybe the scandals are derailing that. It's he's already looking bad, and you're adding this on top of it. And the players, from what uh, Michael Silver was saying, the, these players have absolutely turned on him. Uh, they, he's lost the locker room. The co- the owner of the team has said he's not got respect for him. There's not a chance this guy is making it to the end of the season. And it's crazy considering he was a massively hyped hire and we're less than four we're less than five games into his first season and we're already talking about when, not if, he'll be fired. And looking at the rest of their schedule, like they I don't even think they'll beat the Jets at this point. No way. The, the coach they face the Texans again, but I mean, if your first win is coming towards the end of December, no way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got their their winnable games in quotation marks. Houston at home on December nineteenth, and the Jets in in MetLife on Boxing Day. Do you and think the Colts on January 9th. Do you think they'll get back to back firsts? Um, I don't know because it depends on if the Texans keep. If the Texans don't win for the rest of the season, no, I think Texans might still be in there. Well, because because as as we know, the Jags always beat the Colts at least once a season. Well, I think they need they need Taylor back. (laughs) They need Taylor back badly. Or they just need to play, just persuade every team they play to to pick up Jacoby Brissett right before they play them. That would help. Do you do you want to trade? Do you want to trade uh, Jacoby Brissett for Taylor? Yes. (laughs) Wow, that was genuine. Uh, You're giving us a player. Yes. Yes, I, I would have accepted. Uh, I would have accepted the seventh round pick in the twenty twenty four CFL draft. For, after after Sunday's performance, I, uh, yeah, CFL draft. We'll get one of. The, we'll get somebody from the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, I thought this was meant to make us feel better. <laughs> it made me. Feel, um. <laughs> So where where does this team go? Well, actually, here's one uh, person that we haven't discussed. Right. And I think that he does deserve a bit of his own uh, criticisms. And if anything, I think it makes uh, the downfall of uh, the previous team that he tenured seem like a trend. And that's the man in the general manager seat, Trent Balke. Who was Balke with before? I think in official capacity. Well, I don't know where he. I, I'm not quite sure where he floated between his time now at Jacksonville and when he was at the Niners. Uh, oh yeah, 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 he was um, 49ers, wasn't he? Yeah, no. Um, he got fired in 2016 with the Niners, but that was a whole pure. Mm-hmm. And then he was director of player personnel. Interim general manager. He's just worked his way up uh, in the Jags organization. 
Yeah, but he was in 2020. Was... So yeah, for four years, no, he wandered the wilds. Yeah, he was he was the um, 49ers general manager uh, before. Oh, wait, no. no, no, he. Yeah, yeah, for five years between 2011 and 2016, he was yeah. GM for the Niners, and then he. But was it a... was before. Um, it was before the guy they have now, whose mm. name has escaped me, ex-player. Um, oh, John Lynch. John Lynch, yeah, for John Lynch. And between now and uh, Jacksonville, he was a football operations consultant for the NFL. Yeah. I don't know but, what that is. I think that that's just someone that you pay money for an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that, that is a good definition of a consultant. But yeah, I, I yeah. think. Anytime I, I see I'm that not, word, I know what it means. I don't think you can put too much blame on Balky um, because general managers, you, there's absolutely no way you can judge a general manager. That, uh, after four games because they're still building the team. You need three years for a general manager to have any idea if they're good or not. Um, but with a head coach, I think it's pretty clear that Urban Meyer is not the guy for this job. Mm. It remains to be seen, but needs lest we forget uh, how catastrophic the downfall of the Niners were during his tenure. Now, I'm going to probably say that not all of it was his fault, but the offseason of, I believe it was 2015, uh, or it might have been 2016, when just everyone either retired or left, or that team was unrecognizable uh, from there. It was, oh, this guy's retired, this guy's retired. Uh, Frank Gore left, uh, Michael Crabtree left, uh, Alden Smith was, well, Alden Smith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully, like, this is a cautionary tale, like, and it's it's Jacksonville, the most dysfunctional, well, probably not the most dysfunctional, but mm. one of the most dysfunctional teams in the league now and historically. Where, well, okay, guys, uh, we'll wrap this segment up with a quick question. How, what do you think the, the record for the Jags will be at the end of this season? Honestly, Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm like I'm trying. I genuinely think one in one in sixteen. I think yeah. If I was if, the Texans, if, if the Texans don't get Taylor back, I think they might swing that one, and the Jets one maybe. But those are those are the only two. Like they're not beating anyone else I've got in front of me. Like, uh, not even the Falcons. I'll say three. I'll say three and fourteen simply because of the Jets game, the Texans game, and for some unknown reason, we'll beat the Colts at some point because of I, course I, we will. Well, which I'm, one? I'm, you I'm, haven't faced them yet. Away uh, in Jacksonville. In, in yeah, away for the Colts. So the last game of the season, <laughs> where you'll what? have totally <laughs> Where you will have hopefully have made the playoffs, so you'll rest no. everybody. And oh god, sorry, I'm going to predict that they'll finish one and sixteen, and their only win will come in London in a couple of weeks when I get to see them play my Dolphins, because that is just how the world works. And whatever the worst case scenario is for the Dolphins, that's what's going to happen. Can I? Can also, I? Can I? Also, oh. my track my track record. If I predict it, there's a good chance it doesn't happen. So I'm I'm saying that now. Can I up uh, my record to four and thirteen and add that Dolphins game as well? Because it would be a very no. Miami thing to happen. No, 
I, I, I thought the whole point of this exercise was to ch- talk you off the off the roof. I uh, no, no, it was to to talk about Urban Meyer. It, oh, I thought it was literally like we just spent a good half an hour talking about the Jaguars only for it to come full swing so that you can just uh, it be completely apathetic to your team. I just in a bad mood because I had to watch two straight weeks of Jacoby Brissett and I probably have a third week coming up. I missed Tua so much. I, I have a fun care. time watching Jacoby Brissett this week. I'm not going to lie. And that's Probably the first time I've said that in a long time. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed hearing Stuart Tomlin as this will be the last time he appears on our podcast. <laughs> considering, considering my work schedule for the next couple of weeks, that might actually be true. Yeah, we'll put, we'll tell people it's because of that. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I think we're good. Yeah, here. yeah I think I'm going to cut most of that because it does almost sound as if I'm threatening to... <laughs> I'm threatening to if something <laughs> happens to Stuart, this could end up as... Uh, Evident. Well, a shorter than usual episode this week, but I'm afraid that is all the time we've got for you. So, on behalf of Stuart Tomlin, thank you very much and good night. And Cal Balfour. Pleasure as always. I've been Chris Scott. Have a wonderful week.